This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Plated Earth, where we share at least a fraction of the crazy, wonderful, and insightful stories of produce. I'm your host, JJ. Plated Earth is also the official podcast of the Specialty Produce app. Please show your support for us and Specialty Produce by downloading the app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. Now grab a snack and get ready for Food Fables. Dimitri had been inspired by the extra chill in the air this winter at the original farmer's market in Los Angeles. It reminded him of the brief years he spent as a teen with his parents in Russia, lending their helping, prepping, cooking hands to his mother's cousin and his new restaurant in St. Petersburg. That is where I fell in love with root vegetables. Dimitri spoke as he cooked, borrowing space, chopping boards, pots, oven, and a stovetop from one of the Mediterranean food stands at the market. It was still early, the market not quite kissed by the sun, and many of the chefs and workers for the other food stands were prepping for the day ahead. But when their nose caught the sweet smell of roasted beets, and their ears caught the chance of a Dimitri tail, they took a break from their stations to gather around that single kitchen, watching and listening in awe of the one and only Papa Earth. My mother's cousin made the best borscht, roasted beetroot, carrots and potato, stewed in beef stock. Dimitri stirred the giant pot as he was nearing the end of his early morning kitchen adventure, eager to share a spoonful of his childhood around the community tables come lunchtime. He served it hot, and in those cold afternoons, the rich flavor would tease my taste buds as the warmth of the stew filled my chest. The bright red bowl before me seemed to glow against the glare of white snow reflecting through the windows. Is that not what love looks like? Feels like? Dimitri leaned in over the steam and grabbed a clean spoon to scoop a tiny taste. He closed his eyes, took a deep inhale, then swallowed the soup from the spoon. His lips, kissed by a tinge of red, smiled with delight. People of ancient times recognized the mystical qualities in the tender, sweet, earthy beet. They spread it from its Mediterranean origins across the old world through trade routes, ensuring its cultivation and its future. Hippocrates, the ancient Greek physician and father of medicine, recommended beets for binding wounds, cleansing blood, and serving digestive complaints. Writings from the Talmud, a religious text in Judaism from the 4th and 5th centuries, advises eating beetroot, among other things, for longer life. Health advocates to this very day tout the beetroot as a superfood, citing its rich supply of antioxidants. In 1975, astronauts from Apollo 18 were welcomed by the USSR's Soyuz 19 with a banquet of borscht at zero gravity. Certainly this healthy and hearty beetroot soup that kept me warm and comforted as a teenager in a foreign land would be perfect for sustaining astronauts exploring the final frontier. Dimitri started scooping out single portions in Japanese soup spoons he had brought from home and passed them out to the crowd. One of the workers was shoveling the last of his garlic and cilantro scramble into his mouth, which he had been eating as quietly as he could, hurrying to free his hand for his soup spoon. You know, 
Drinking raw beet juice or eating raw beets can help decrease the concentration of certain odors thanks to their powerful, natural, odor-eliminating enzymes. It can even nullify garlic breath. Dimitri winked, and the worker let out a great big belly laugh. (laughs) You got me there, Papa Earth, he winked, as he stepped forward and grabbed a slice of peeled, raw beetroot left over on the cutting board, tossing it into his mouth and chasing it with his soup. The rest of the crowd laughed alongside. Dimitri smiled, stirring quietly for a moment before continuing. Oftentimes you can gain insight about a plant, herb, or vegetable simply by looking at it. Dimitri picked up the last whole peeled beetroot from the cutting board. The lush heart shape, the deep, passionately vibrant red color. It is no surprise that beets are considered an aphrodisiac. Their very appearance is reminiscent of the icon of love, the heart. Legend tells that Aphrodite, the Greek goddess of love, ate beets, her secret to ageless beauty. And murals of beetroots and lovers adorn the walls of the Lupinar, or Wolf's Lair, a brothel in the ancient city of Pompeii that still stands, preserved intact when Mount Vesuvius erupted in 79 CE. In beet folklore, it is said that if two people eat from the same beetroot, they will fall in love. Not only do they evoke feelings of love, but they also create a feeling of well-being, as they are a natural source of tryptophan, found also in chocolate and betaine, a substance that relaxes the mind. Dimitri took a bite from the beet in his hand, closing his eyes in a momentary trance, exhaling deeply and letting out a satisfied hum. He pulled his handkerchief from beneath his suspender strap in his shirt pocket and wiped a bit of the red juice from his chin. Indeed, it is this penetrating red color that the ancients believed was the essence of the beetroot's power. And there's a strong connection here with the staple drink of Slav and Nordic peoples called kvass. Traditionally, kvass was like a barley alcoholic beer made from fermented stale sourdough rye bread. But the Russians have been known to create kvass with all manner of ingredients, from raspberries to cherries or even lemons. But the most common and touted as the most nutritional alternative is beets. Beet kvass is a traditional tonic that dates back to the Middle Ages and was known for its protective powers, warding off infection, cleansing the blood, supporting the immune system, relieving digestive problems, and much more. But one Nordic legend tells of another gift that comes from the lifeblood of this unique beet beverage. Dimitri took one final bite of the beet in his hand, and as usual, with a wipe of his napkin across his lips, like a curtain unveiling the opening act, Dimitri began his story. Dimitri spoke. In Norse mythology, the gods and goddesses usually belong to one of two tribes, the Aesir and the Vanir. Throughout most of their history, the deities from the two tribes got along fairly easily, and it is often difficult to even pin down distinctions between the two. But there was a time when that wasn't the case. A long, long time ago, the Aesir and the Vanir came to hate and fear one another, and their conflicts erupted into war. The Aesir fought with weapons and brute force, while the Vanir used means of magic, and their fighting continued on until both sides grew weak and eventually came to an agreement of peace. The two sides came together and sealed their truce by spitting into a cauldron, and from their saliva, they created a wise and diplomatic being named Kavasir as a way of pledging sustained harmony. Kavasir was the wisest human that had ever lived. There wasn't a question in the world for which he didn't have a satisfying answer. 
He was gifted with the ability to enrapture any crowd with his words. The very first skald, the Nordic equivalent of a bard, poet, and storyteller. He became famous for his captivating stories and infinite knowledge, traveling around the world giving counsel. Until one day, when he was invited to the home of two mischievous dwarves. As soon as Kavasir stepped into the home, the dwarves slewed him, and they brewed a divine, highly potent mead using his blood mixed with honey. It was known as Kavas, the mead of poetry. The drink was a rich, dark crimson color, and anyone who drank of it would become a poet or a scholar for a short period of time. When questioned by the gods about Kavasir's disappearance, the dwarves said that Kavasir had choked on his own wisdom. They snickered and delighted in their deceit and soon their craving for mischief compelled them once again. But their last tirade of shenanigans got them into dire trouble. The entire supply of kvass was taken from the dwarves by the giant Sutung in payment for a family feud and in exchange for their lives. Sutung had created a chamber deep within the mountains of his homeland, where he stashed the cauldron and jars of the meat of poetry, with his beautiful daughter, Gunlad, guarding it day and night. But Sutton bragged and boasted that he had hoarded a treasure beyond measure, and such words quickly made their way to the ears of the all-seeing and all-hearing chief god of war, wisdom, poetry, magic, death, and divination, Odin. Odin, restless and unstoppable in his pursuit of wisdom, desperately wanted a taste of the notorious brew, and he used every ploy in his extensive repertoire to get to it. He disguised himself as a wandering farmhand and went to the farm of Sutton's own brother. Odin struck a deal with the giant, and after performing the work of nine men in the farm fields, the giant agreed to lead the strange, strong farmhand to the chamber in the mountain. With the enlisted aid of the giant, they dug a hole into the mountainside, and after thanking the giant for his help, unbeknown to Sutung, Odin shifted shape into a snake and slithered into the chamber escaping the giant's attempt to skewer him with the auger they'd used to dig the hole, but he was too late to undo his betrayal to his own brother. Once inside, Odin assumed the form of a charming young man and made his way to where the beautiful young Gunlad guarded the mead. It wasn't long before he won her favor. In three nights' time, she granted him three sips of the mead. Odin went to the mead, a sly smile forming on his lips as he got close. He paused for just a moment, and then, before Gunlad could even try and stop him, Odin consumed the contents of each vat in a single swig, while Gunlad could only watch in horror. Odin changed his shape yet again, this time into an eagle, and, with his prize in his throat, flew off toward Asgard, one of the nine worlds and home of the Aesir tribe of gods. When Sutung saw him flying from the mountainside, he was enraged. He too changed himself into an eagle in pursuit, but it was of no use. Odin reached Asgard, and Suttung was forced to retreat. Odin flew over the courtyard where three new containers awaited. He spat the mead back out, filling each new vat, but as he did so, a few drops fell from his beak to the human world below. These drops are said to be the source of all mediocre poetry, while the true gift of words and wisdom is with those whom Odin personally shares the mead of poetry with. But something else happened when those drops hit the earth. They soaked into the ground and gave new color, new vibrancy to the simple beetroot vegetable. 
straight out of Nordic legend and into the glasses of Russians and Ukrainians, came a traditional tonic, beet kvass, brewed for centuries and still being sipped on across the globe today. It is told that this rich red drink offers many health benefits in the body, maybe even conjuring up a way with words and an enlightened state of mind, thanks to the meat of poetry, which shed a few drops of its very lifeblood to the beetroot all those years ago. The End Well, folks, that concludes this week's episode. Tune in next time for the latest food buzz. And remember, cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education. We'll catch you next time. 